Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Get your Bibles out. Turn to 1 Corinthians or your phone or your iPad or your device, whatever that is. Or somebody say, open your Bible, open your iPad, open your eyes. <laughs> Get ready for the word this morning. Amen. So we're talking about the fourth and final installment of our series, You Asked For It. It's in response to the survey we gave out on Easter Sunday, and we asked you to list uh, the things that you would like to hear about from the Word of God that you could apply to life. And so the top four vote-getters are, again, how to handle stress was week one. Uh, The second week was how to handle difficult people. And then the third week, which I totally forgot, and everybody had to help me last service, was uh, how to deal with spiritual warfare. I guess it was in the fight right then. And so uh, I forgot about that one. So how to deal with spiritual warfare. And today, is what about spiritual gifts? And so this is a series in and of itself, to be honest with you, each topic is. So I'm going to just kind of touch on it briefly this morning, but I also want to point you to Wednesday night. We've been in a Holy Spirit series on Wednesday night, so we have two more installments left. This Wednesday, in fact, Pastor Cody's speaking on spiritual gifts, and then the following Wednesday on the 11th, I'll be speaking on the heavenly language, baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you've been wanting to hear about that, you need to hear about that, come on out. And so we'll talk through that some on Wednesdays. But let me, let me get started here in 1 Corinthians 12. Here's what the Bible says. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Paul's saying you need to know about spiritual gifts. There's a lot of confusion. There was confusion back in the church that day, which is why he wrote the letter to the Corinthian church. And he said, let's talk about this because you need to know about these things because they're for your benefit. They're to help you. God has great things for you. And so you need to learn about them. There's some misunderstanding, misteaching, abuse, misuse, so let's get the right information, let's get the truth. Paul's basically saying you need to know the truth about spiritual gifts. And so we're going to look in the Word today and uh, just kind of give a a, a quick look at them. The word gift is used several times in Scripture, and so we're going to talk about a couple applications of the word gift. You see several times that the word is used, so let's look at a few applications. And the first one is, and the application of the word gift is the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. That's not what we're talking about today, but that is the most important thing, amen? Everybody knowing Jesus, right? Amen, coming to the knowledge of Christ. And let me talk about this gift for a second. The way this gift is, is meant, it's a free gift. It's not earned. You don't earn your way to heaven, amen? You can't work your way to heaven. You don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. None of us could be good enough. Aren't you glad it's a free gift just because of the Father's love? Because God loved all of us unconditionally. He gave us a gift. That's the application. It's a gift that's given out of unconditional love. And then the natural it might be something like birthdays or Christmas or things like that, that nobody necessarily, they don't necessarily always deserve those things, but we give those things because we love them, nothing in return, and that's the application. So you see that in the scripture, eternal, the gift of eternal life. Um, in fact, let's take a look at Romans 6.23. <clears throat> for the wages of sin is death. There is a price to pay for our sin. There is a payment to be made. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. God gave us a gift through Christ Jesus, meaning you don't have to make the payment. He paid it. His gift to you and I was payment for our sin. Amen. That is good news for you and I, that Jesus came to pay for that. We could never do that. He did. So that is good news for you and I. And let me say it this way. Asking for forgiveness doesn't pay for the sin. It's quieter than it was first service, and there's more people. (laughs) Asking for forgiveness doesn't pay for the sin. Jesus paid for it. You realize it, right? That's the gift, and we're thankful for that. 
And then we'd be quick to repent when we find ourselves in those places, but we're thankful for the payment. The good news is somebody else died for you, so you don't have to, and he gave you a gift. The second use of gift application in the Bible is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The word gift is used in conjunction with the person and presence, person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a he. He's a gift, it's not it, it's not it's a gift, he's a gift that Jesus gave gave to us when he went to heaven. He goes, I'm going to my father, I'm giving you another, I'm giving you a gift. And he went to heaven and he said, because you can't handle earth, basically, because you can't handle earth, I'm gonna give you a gift to give you divine empowerment to help you handle the earth while you're here. The first gift is for when you're going to heaven, thank the Lord, but while you're on the planet, I wanna give you a gift to overcome your time on the planet, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to understand the gift of the Holy Spirit is a free gift as well, and it's for walking out this earth in victory and in power. Acts 1, four through five says this, on one occasion while he was eating with them, his disciples, Jesus said, he gave them this command, listen, he gave this command, not suggestion, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the what? Wait for the gift that my father, what? Promise, he promised he was gonna take care of us through the gift, the person of the Holy Spirit. Goes on to say this, which you've heard me speak of, we talked about it before, verse five. For John baptized with water, speaking of the salvation experience, because water water baptism is an outward expression of an inward work, it is an outward expression of the salvation experience, so that's one working, but in a few days you'll re, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's another working, which is what the Wednesday night series is about. So there's another working. So he talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The one we wanna talk about today is spiritual gifts. What about spiritual gifts? And this is completely different from the first two. Just wanna distinguish between those two. And so let's start here in Romans 12, six. Romans 12, six. The Bible says that we've been given different gifts, all of us have been given different gifts according to the grace given. Hold on to the word gifts and grace, they're actually from the same word in the Greek. So according to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. And it goes on then to just lift different gifts. It's basically saying, if you're gifted in this, then do that. If you're gifted in this way, then do that. Meaning that we're all gifted in some way to do that. (laughs) He gave you gifts so you would use them, not keep them for yourself gave gifts for that reason. When I said hold on to the word gift and grace, they're really, again, in the Greek, they're the same word. The English translators just decided to give them different words, even though in the Greek, it's the exact same Greek word. The gift gift is the word charisma, and grace is the word charis. They both come from the same word. Different applications are the exact same word. And so, charis and charisma, so that's where we get the word charismatic. So the question is, are we charismatic? And I know probably some of you are thinking, oh, please say no, I like this place. Please say no, I like this place. But to answer the question, are we charismatic, the answer is yes, we are charismatic church. It's exactly what we are. But can I say this? I appreciate your applause and support of all that. We're charismatic church. Uh, Can I say this? That word's been hijacked by people that don't know the real meaning of it. And that's why we don't use it. It's because people have a different understanding of what that word means. People think it's that, like, what, what do we do then? Do we, you guys roll around on the floor? Do you run laps in the place? Do you do all that? And can I tell you, I'm not opposed to any of that. I just couldn't do that today. Praise and worship was fantastic, but I could barely move because of pulling up carpet and sheetrock from yesterday. I might have took off today. It was great. But let me tell you, the word really just means gifted. Gifts. Can I tell you, every church 
is a charismatic or should be a charismatic church, meaning God gave everyone in their churches gifts to be used to further his kingdom. So if we understand the real meaning of the word, even though it's been hijacked and has a, a different, it's associated with different things like crazy stuff or fanatical stuff or whatever that is, whatever the idea might be, the reality is it just means gifted. And we've all been giving a gift. We're all charismatics. Amen. So it means somebody who's been given a, a grace gift, a divine enablement from God. So it's not just a gift. The Bible says here it's a grace gift. It's not just the natural you. You've been given something beyond the natural you. It's not just your, your training, your education, your schooling, if you will. It's something greater than given by God to each and every one of us that enables us to do something special for the kingdom. It comes from God. A grace gift meaning it comes from God. It's a gift God gave you to fulfill something to change the world, amen? He gave it to you for a reason. It's a grace gift because it comes from God to you. It might be something like this for me, my grace gift is the ability to stand up here. It's the calling gifting of my life to, to minister the word of God. But can I tell you, for some of you to come up here, you'd pass out, right? Or throw up, no, I don't do that. I ask people in smaller settings, and hey, would you share? No, <laughs> no, not me, and I totally understand that. Because the people that did the bag and the prayer, it's funny, this is gonna sound funny, people that did the bag and the prayer, hats off to you because I'm, I freak out knocking on doors and sharing Jesus with people one-on-one -on -one like that. I don't know why, that's just not my gift, but I can stand up here all day long in front of uh, crowds and crowds, that's just how God gifted me. I'm give you another example. I appreciate the people that have the gift to work with the kids. Okay, I'm not gifted to work, I don't even go down that hallway. I just, not, I just, God bless those that do, praise the Lord, right? I walk in there from time to time and it's crazy. Kids are bouncing off the walls sometimes. And, I mean, they do a good job over there, but when the some people are like, I'm like, how you doing, man? The louder it and the more chaotic, the better it is. I thrive on this, right? I'm like, get me away from it. <laughs> and can I just say, if you don't like kids, don't work over there. Don't, God has another gifting for you then, all right? So we, but the, the thing is, God got it all covered. God has it all covered, right? He has it all covered. It's all sitting right here. Can I just say, let me just, I'm gonna keep going. I didn't do this first service, I'm gonna keep going. Can I just say then, that's why we don't pray for God to send us this worker, that worker, this worker, because they're already right here. We don't need to pray for God to send other workers in. We need to pray for God to have the workers here that's been given divine gift and enablements for something to use their gift, and it's all covered. So, I don't mean that harshly, but I, I just wanna let you know that you've been gifted for a reason and for a purpose. Are you just trying to fill holes? No, I'm trying to help you fulfill your destiny. So, in your gifting. So I just want you to understand that everyone has a grace gift. We all have a charis. You already have it, and you need to discover it and then use it. And God's given each one of us a charis. Second Timothy 1, 6 says this, for this reason I remind you, now listen to the wording here, to fan into flame the gift of God. Some of you need to light the fire. <laughs> and some of us have let the flame burn out. But the Bible says don't let it lay, light it, and then fan it, use it, stir it up. Come on, stir it up. Fan the flame on your gift, put it into use, put it into practice. Because we all have a tendency, perhaps, if we lay off or we don't use it, for that to kind of dwindle down, and that's not what he intended, so we need to find a way to stir it up. Work hard, stir it up, blow on it, so it fulfills its potential. So why is this so confusing? Why are people confused about spiritual gifts? Let me give you a couple reasons. One reason is because it's been taught that they happened in the Bible, but then they stopped. And there's some people that teach, when the last of the apostles died, so did things such as miracles. Can I tell you, that's not true. There is a cessation theology, which meaning they ceased. 
He only needed it for Bible days. He just needed to get the church established. He doesn't do it today. Can I tell you, if there were ever a day for gifts to be in operation, the church, it's today. It's the world we live in today. And so in fact, Jesus said, not only is it for today and on into the future, but he said, greater works, greater things will you do. And so, but some people teach and some people believe that it was just for the apostles. Another reason is that people may not necessarily have a problem with gifts. And if, you were to, if we were to take time to study out all the gifts, and I, I, I find, I count about 27 of them in there, different passages, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, I think maybe Ephesians 4, there's another in the Old Testament passage, a couple here and there per se, there's, depending on who's counting, you can find any number somewhat. But can I tell you, really, if we were to teach all them, the only, there's only people who are only gonna have a problem with one? People are gonna say, I get that, Pastor, I hear those gifts are awesome. But this one gift, this tongues thing, man, I got a problem with that one. Can I tell you, none of them are bad? Can I tell you, God doesn't give you bad stuff? We just don't understand it, or we've been taught wrong, or seen bad experiences or things. But can I tell you that all the gifts of God are good and necessary, amen? I don't want you to be afraid of anything God created. And don't let the world or people's misuse of things keep you from things God's given you. Don't let it happen. But I understand people have a, hang, have a hang up about that and they've probably not been really taught the truth of God's word again. I'd like to point you to Wednesday night and this one and the 11th. Let's talk about that. And so I wanna encourage you and don't, don't, let, don't ever be afraid of anything God created. Man may do whatever man does to it, but go back to the scripture and find it in the word. Amen? We find that one in the word as well. So Bible says to eagerly desire all the gifts I'm good with all of them but that one. Okay, the Bible says to eagerly desire all the gifts. Another reason people get confused is they think the gifts aren't for everybody. And the reason why they think they're not for everybody is because people like in my profession tell people they're not for everybody because people in my profession a lot of time want everything to run through the man of God, the pastor or the priest. Can I tell you, that's not the intent. That you're just supposed to walk in those things. In fact, my primary job is to equip you in your giftings to do the work of the ministry. Doesn't, ha- doesn't run through me. <clears throat> my, job is to, my job is to help you discover your divine enablement, your charis, your gifts, so that you can operate the way that God has called you to operate. See, in the Old Testament, you see God operating that day back in the Old Testament, but when you see in the New Testament, when Jesus died, the Bible says when he died, the veil in the temple that separated people from the Holy of Holies, the veil was torn Still no longer is there a separation between God and man. That you go to God and you operate in your gifting. But every time you see a movement that happened and it seems like then the, uh, I don't know how to say this, but it seems like then the religious crowd tries to bring it all back and function through religious leaders. And then you see a reformation and an opening it up to everybody. And then you see uh, years and years later, again, it seems like the religious crowd to bring it all back to, to an elite group of people. God never intended it that way. It's for everybody, so don't believe that. God has it for you. God said he's poured it out on the church. Everybody has access to God and everybody can have the gifts of God inside them. It's for all, it's for everyone. The Bible said God gave some to be pastors, again, to equip the saints to do the ministry, to help you discover your gift and use it. First Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen people. Listen to this next phrase, a royal priesthood. You don't need a pastor or a priest, that's who you are, amen. So you have access to God, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And verse 10 says this, once you were, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
with divine gifts and enablement as God has given those. So what is a spiritual gift? Let me give you this thought. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together they can advance his purpose in the world. I'm gonna read that again, and it's on your live notes, but a special gift, a spiritual gift rather, is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together we can advance his purpose in the world. And that is his hope, and that is our hope. But here's the problem. The problem is that over 87% of the body of Christ in America never discover their gift. Can I tell you, that's staggering. 87% of Christians in America never discover their gift. Imagine, imagine what this body here at Tree Life would do functioning on 13%. Let me give you maybe a, a, a clearer picture or example. What if your body was functioning at 13%? How, how would you function? We'd be very limited in what we could do. And so it's the same, the body of Christ universally, in the American church, this church here, I believe we're functioning better than 13%, but come on, my goal's 100%, can I just tell you? For all of us to discover our gifts and then use them as God intended, amen, to change the world. It was interesting, you know, sitting down with um, the team after the work and sat down again with that lady and she was just talking about, man, just, I love doing this. So many people, I love doing this. I wanna keep this feeling and, and it is. It's, it's not a served day, it's a served life. It's why we were gifted. I can imagine for shooting for 100% functioning in our giftings, the difference that we could make. But many people never discover their gift and never operate then at their potential. So what do we do? First Corinthians 14.1 says this. So follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit and it goes on and lists some eagerly desire we need to desire and seek after the gifts our prayer needs to be father just i want to operate in your gifts today i want to operate i want all the gifts and if i operate in a certain gift i want to operate that gift too i want to operate all the gifts you have for me to to further your kingdom today to to be used by you so this is what we want here at tree we want us to discover gifts everyone discover gifts and go after it and pray for them go for it So how do we do that? What do we do? So what do we need to do? Number one, discover the gifts God's given you. Discover the gifts God has given you. If 80% of Christians don't know what it is, then that's the first step. Go find it. Go find it. That's why it's so important to get in groups. Because in the context of small groups and discussion, you can help discover each other's gifts. That's why the growth track is a big deal. I've already gone through membership. It's not just a membership. There is a a step three that is specifically designed for the sole purpose of helping you discover your giftings. And then step four is to help you get plugged in and how you were created and gifted. And so we have another growth track that begins in November. It's every other month and you can jump in. If you've already done it or done parts of it, you can jump in on step three. Why? For the purpose of discovering your gifts. And then step four is to point you in the direction so you can use them. But there's something inside of you that God put there Something that if you do it, when you do it, you would find fulfillment. It will bring fulfillment to you. And can I tell you, that's the only thing that's really gonna bring fulfillment. We chase, we pursue, we work after so many things. And that's why we find ourselves burned out at times. You know, the quickest way to burn out is doing what you weren't created to do. And keep doing it. But I tell you, when you find that, that gift inside of you and do it, there's fulfillment and there's rest there. So it's what you would say that was easy for you, that made you feel good, that, that made a difference. So where is it? 
It's in how God has made you. Psalms 139, 13 through 16 says this, and I love this. For you were created in my, you, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This is the psalmist to, to God. I praise you, and listen to this, I love this one. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's one thing, like almost a declaration of faith, but I don't know if you find humor in the Bible. But then the next phrase he says, your works are wonderful. <laughs> I can see a psalmist, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, which we would say God does that. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make rejected things. He doesn't make bad things. And then the psalmist got the revelation and says, your works are wonderful. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what I've been told. I don't care what I, your works are wonderful. What you have for me is wonderful. God, you've given me something amazing, God because you're an amazing God. I love that. That's, I, I just think that's awesome. I know, and I know that full well. You need to be convinced of what God has given you and how he's made you and how he's wired you. And don't let the devil tell you different. Don't let the world tell you different. Don't even let people close to you that think you should be doing something else tell you different if it's outside of the giftings and calling of God on your life. Because listen, they don't know God the creator. Doesn't it make sense that the creator, the one who created you would know better than anybody else? So if the created needs to understand why they were created, they need to go to the creator. Right? We want to help you get to the creator so you can discover that so then you can walk in what God's created you to do. It goes on to say this, my frame was not hidden from you while I was made in this secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. It goes on to say this, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know what that means? That means God created your purpose before he created you. God created a purpose for you on the planet, something for you to fulfill and accomplish, and then he says, I gotta have somebody, this is needed on the earth, this is important, I gotta have some, okay, I'm gonna make them now. See, God didn't make you and then say, what are we gonna do with this one? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> when that Michael and Gabriel walking, whoa, what were you thinking? I don't know, what are we gonna do with this one? I don't know. <laughs> what are you gonna, Let's not make them like the last person, now we'll have just two of them back to back. You know, it's, not, it's not like that. It's like he created a purpose and divine destiny, something of significance, something of great value, something that was needed, and he said, now I, gotta, now I need somebody to accomplish this amazing thing, and he said, I'm gonna go make you. I'm gonna make Don. I'm gonna make you. I... That's what the psalmist is saying. But 87% of us aren't walking that way. And so we need to find it and figure it out. We need to see that. So basically what this means is you are made with a design which reveals your destiny. Design reveals destiny. How you're made points to what you are to be. That means your personality, your temperament, your gifts, your abilities, your spiritual gifts, they all point to something. Let me give you an example of that. It would be like here today, hopefully a, a lot of you, while food lasts, could have a wonderful lunch here and support the missions department. Let's just say you're in there eating, the room's full of people and people wandering around and you're eating and you're carrying your plate, a brisket, and you're walking to your table and you stumble and you drop it on the floor. Here's what that would look like with the gifts all coming together. The first person up would be the gift of mercy would come to you and say, oh, don't worry about it, it's okay, nobody saw that, you know, you'll be all right. Happens all the time, don't worry about it, right? Uh, the pastor person who's there to correct people, right, that's what we do, right? So people, the pastor would go and tell, if you wouldn't have got so much bri brisket, right? Kind of a little gluttonous there. If you wouldn't have got so much brisket, it wouldn't have happened, right? Moderation. <laughs> the teacher would come and say, if you wouldn't have piled all the brisket on one side of your plate and you would have spread it out equally and held the plate in the middle, then you wouldn't have had a problem, right? The administrator, those of you sitting in here, are automatically thinking, I would have told someone to go get a mop. I would have had someone go get a wastebasket. I would have had someone go, go get a broom, right? <laughs> the giving person with the gift of giving would say, here, have mine. Oh, no, not the brisket, just the beans and potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding on that one, by the way, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> uh, 
So all that would come together, right? We'd all operate. And so the, somebody would jump up and not even having to be told and nobody even knowing, they would be come back and be cleaned up by the time we got done talking about it, right? But some of you would come into service and I know people do it because I watch you walking in the door. I see people coming in here and the first thing they're doing is seeing if this line is straight. Oh, this little chair, I'm gonna, and they'll walk by and bump that little end chair and kind of make it straight. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're looking down the row, you're walking in and you're kind of pushing the chairs as you're walking down the row, making them equal, right? Some of you come in and you see somebody sitting by themselves and you immediately just walk over and introduce yourself. But that's not for everybody. So somebody will walk in and see someone sitting by themselves and they'll find somebody with the gift of going over and they'll go that, hey, see that person sitting by themselves? Maybe you should go over there and say something. Because that person didn't even notice, right? Or maybe someone's wrangling kids and so someone would come in and say, hey, can I help you with your kids? I don't know, There's a, we have a great children's ministry over here. Come on, that's how we function, right? That's, how, that's why God put us together like this. He gave us all unique gifts and abilities to come together to be the body of Christ. It was amazing when we went to the different houses and worked and how guys were gifted to do the roofing and how guys knew about how to pull out the sheetrock and how people were pulling up carpet. There was something for everyone. Some people, you didn't have to tell. They didn't have to get instructions. They were just in there working it. They knew this needed to be moved, this needed to be packed up. And there were some people like me that were just great standing around drinking water and telling everybody what to do. That was fantastic. <laughs> no, I actually worked and I'm extremely sore. That's why I came up on the lights. Everybody's focusing on the screen so I could crawl up the stairs. I could barely move today, I'm just telling you. But you get the picture, amen? That's how God created us. And we work better than when we're functioning at 13%. And so we have gifts for a reason, purpose for a reason. And so we need to discover that and get plugged in. Number two, embrace the gift God has given you. Embrace the gift God has given you. I had an interesting conversation with my brother on the phone who pastors Audible De Vida. We talk every week and just talk about church and things going on. Talking about my message today and he made an interesting comment. He said, if we don't embrace the gift that God's given us, then, we just, then we're rejecting the gift God has given us. Or in a sense, it's like we're saying, no God, you missed it. I got a better idea, or I'd like to do this one. Can I tell you, God knows exactly what he was doing and knew exactly what he was doing when he gifted all of us. His ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we'll find fulfillment when we embrace the gift God has given us. Embrace means that you know that you have one. You don't want somebody else's gift. You don't want what somebody else has. Take the one that's yours because it's the one you'll find the most fulfillment. Don't reject the gift. God knew what he was doing. Romans 12 three through six says this. <clears throat> For by the grace given me, there's a grace charis given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in, with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace, charis, given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then it goes on again. You can follow the list out. You can read that out. It says, do what you're gifted to do. In fact, it says, we belong to each other. We need you to use your gift, and you need us to use our gift, if you will. Or I need you, you need me, you need me to use my gift up here on Sunday. And I need you to use your gift as well. But listen, let's go back to verse three. I wanna point out a few things there to bring some clarity to it. It talks about in verse three, it says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. It's not necessarily meaning that don't think you're all that. You got it together, you're something special, you're all that. Basically, the implication is don't have the improper view of yourself, the word highly. 
Don't have an improper view of yourself. Just don't have the wrong view. And that could come from pride, or that could come from hurt or rejection or many other things. Lots of people have an improper view of themselves. And it's, the next word in there I want you to see is sober. It said sober, soberly. And that means having a right mind. Now, now listen to this for a second. It says having a right mind, sober. It's the same word used when Jesus cast the devil out of the, the demoniac of the Gadarenes. And we don't have the time to go into that story. But the Bible says this man lived this way, possessed for so long, and it says then the devil was cast out of him, and it says he became, the wording would be, we're using the word sober, the same word in the Greek, it said he, he had the right mind. What does that mean? It means Jesus healed his mind. He healed his mind. Some of us need our mind healed so we have the proper view of who we are. Some of us need our mind healed so we have the proper view of who we are and who he's created us to be. So, so don't have an improper view of who you are, then get connected with Jesus and allow him to come and heal your mind so you see yourself the way you should see yourself. Can I just say, some of us need some healing in that area because we've been rejected, we've been hurt, people have been saying things over us, you're never gonna amount to anything. Can I tell you, yeah, you got a grace gift from God. You need something special and something significant. So you need to be sober-minded or having a right mind. And so how does that happen? And it says, the last word we'll highlight here is, it says through faith. And faith here is having the assurance in someone who has the right view of you. Having assurance in someone who has the right view of you. And that comes from God, amen? God has the right view of you. So trust God, what God thinks, what God said. And so let's understand that. So let me read it this way to you. Don't have an unhealthy view of yourself, but rather be set free from that wrong view and let God give you right thinking by being assured of he is who, by being assured he, I can't read my writing, by being assured of who he is and what he believes about you. Let me read it again. So taking those words we studied just a second ago. Don't have an unhealthy view of yourself, but rather be set free from that wrong view and let God give you right thinking by being assured of who he is and what he believes about you. That's that scripture right there, using those words in proper context. So have a close relationship with God so you can have the right view of yourself. Let him heal you of all the wrong thinking and all the wrong views you've had by seeing yourself the way he sees you and believing about yourself what he believes about you. Amen? And number three, use the gifts God's given you. Use the gift. I'm gonna meet with God. I'm gonna let him heal my mind. I'm gonna go on this journey of discovering my gifts, then I'm gonna change the world with others here at Tree who already have discovered their gifts, who are already using them, who's already found out what God has for them and found a spot in serving and touching the world. And you have to discover your gifts. You need to discover your gifts, the way God's made you. And my job, I wanna close with this thought and go just a, a little over, but my job is to help you and prepare you for eternity. Can I tell you, my job's to help you and prepare you for eternity. Can I tell you, we're getting closer to the end. I don't know when. The Bible says no man knows the day and the hour. Just ask the guy that predicted it was last Saturday. (laughs) No one knows. In fact, Jesus is waiting for the Father to tell him to come get him. We know we have a big mission and we know it's not gonna be before the all have heard and then the end will come. That's what the Bible says. But listen, I think heaven is closer than we think. So, and you can hear on the news, you can look at hurricanes, you can look at earthquakes, you can look at fires, right? You can look at all that, those are signs of times. You can look at North Korea and and nuclear threats and Iran, you can look at that. And you can look at presidential tweets. We're getting close to the end, people, I'm just telling you that. Anyway, okay, just a, a bad joke. Okay, so a lot's happening in the world today. 
Well, we're closer to heaven than we think, and so we need to be about God's business. Listen, I wanna give you two things when we get there. When we get to heaven, we're gonna be asked, hopefully, two questions. We're all gonna be asked one question, everybody. The first question is gonna be asked us, we stand before God, what'd you do with my son? There's only one answer to that. And that's our access to heaven. What'd you do with my son? Because no one gets to the Father except through the Son. And our answer needs to be, I received him as Savior and Lord. I had a relationship with him my whole life. That's the only way to heaven. That's the only answer. I embraced Jesus. I embraced him. It's not gonna be, you don't get to heaven saying, I went to church my whole life. You don't get to heaven by saying, I went and worked and pulled sheetrock on serve day. That's nice. I gave. Great. But you only get to heaven by knowing Jesus as Savior and Lord. And if you answer the question correctly and you know Jesus is Savior and Lord, you're gonna get a second question. If you don't, you only get one. <laughs> so I'm telling you how to get it right. If you don't answer it right, then the other option's yours. If you answer it right, Jesus, the next question you're gonna get is, what'd you do with what I gave you? And that's truth, people. And some of us are just gonna say, I'm just gonna be glad to get into heaven. And can I say, heaven is eternity and eternity is eternal. And if the Bible says that I'm going to be rewarded for what I did with what God gave me, I want some of that. I want some of those rewards. And you only get rewards by doing what you were created to do, by using the gift God gave you and the way he wants you to use it. So the next question is going to be, what would you do with what I gave you? And let me give you the answer here. 1 Peter 4, 10 through, or 1 Peter 4, 10, New Living. God's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Now here's your answer. Use them well to serve one another. So here's your answer to question number two. I use the gifts you've given me to serve other people. I use the spiritual gifts. I longed for them, I eagerly sought them, I prayed for them all, I discovered what it was, and I used it, Father God, to serve others well. That's the answer to number two. It's right there. Don't you love a God that will give you a question and then answer it for you. Oh, by the way, here's the answer. Serve others with your gift. That's why you were given that. You need to discover your gifts, then use them. Find a place to use your gift. Find a place to use your gift. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.